for the reading of the word of the Lord. We want to honor the presence of the Lord. The word of the Lord is God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. When we open up this this sacred and divine book, we have to reverence this thing. We reverence Judge Wapner and all the judges, Judge Judy and the judges down at um, the courthouse. We got to stand when they're coming out, and it's right, and we should respect them, but they have nothing on Jesus. Jesus created them. So it should be the very least that we can do when we open up this sacred divine book and say, let's look at this word and let's read it out loud. Romans chapter 6, verse 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Galatians 6, verse 15. Amen. When you're there, say amen. I'm sure you were there because you can look up and be there. You can have something in your hand and be there. All right. Look at Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. I just, I just figured I would ponder that for a little bit. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. If you have not been baptized... You have not identified with his death. Sometimes we make things a little complicated. Well, why is that necessary? We go back and forth with a lot of things. But here is a clear instruction that when we are baptized, we are buried with him. So like he was buried, our baptism is our burial in order to be identified with what he did for us. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk. Uh, y'all reading with me this morning. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, when it says man, it's talking about human. Therefore, if any, any man be in Christ, he is a... All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become. Mm. Galatians chapter 6 verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcisions of, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation or a new creature. So the only thing that avail anything is, and that is in Christ we're talking about here. It started out by saying, for in Christ. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision can avail to anything. But a new creature is what can avail to anything. I want to entitle this thought today that I will minister to you, New Life. New Life. New Life. You may be seated. New life. Uh, Help me, Holy Ghost. A year is 365 days. However, in the Hebrew language, in Scripture, it is more than that. It is called the Shana. The word Shana is linked 
to the number two. Shanam can mean the second, the duplicate, or the repeat. In the course of nature, the year is the repeating of what already have been. The winter, the spring, the summer, and the fall. The blossoming of flowers and their withering away. The rebirth of nature and their dying. The same progression. The same relying for what already was. So a year is a shana, a repetition. We have a new year before us. What kind of year will it be for us? The nature of nature is to repeat. The nature of nature is to repeat. Just as we live by nature, as creatures of habit, we repeat things. We gravitate towards doing that which we have done before. The same routines and courses, even when those routines and courses are harmful to us, we still gravitate to them. So what will your or the Shana this new year be for you? Well, if the year means repeat, I guess I don't have much of a choice. Or do we? But I must say that somehow we find ourselves repeating the same thing over and over and over. Whether it's good for us or it's not good for us, we repeat it over and over. Yesterday I was at the store and I picked up two washcloths. Brought them home. Because I knew my washcloth was just a mess. And so I brought them home, put them in the bathroom. They're there. I said, when I take a shower in the morning, I will use one of the new washcloths. And Brother Tony, I got up, did my thing, went to the bathroom, ready to take my shower, and look up at the old stringy washcloth that's hard, have holes in it, the edges are just frilled out. And I looked at it and said, I need to throw it out and use one of the new ones. But guess what I did, Tony? Use the old one. The nice new washcloth still inside. All of that I went through yesterday. Let me get some washcloth. You know, let me make sure I got nice smooth washcloth on me this morning. But I still use the old rugged one. We can't help ourselves. We just repeat and repeat and repeat. Hmm. Do we have a choice? Shana also have another meaning. It has two meanings. It not only means repeat, it also means change. 
In case you're wondering how the word is spelled, it's spelled S-H-A-N-N-A-H. Yeah. Have two meanings. Repeat and change. The same way the year ahead of us can be either repeat or change. Yes. The way of the world is to repeat. The Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. And we've already talked about winter, spring, summer, and fall. It just keeps repeating. We talked about plants coming up, plants dying. We talk about just the same rotation of nature of repeating itself. So we know there is nothing new under the sun and we watch nature continue doing the same thing and because we're in this world where nature is all around us we just fall into place in repeating and repeating just like nature is repeating yes nothing new under the sun listen to this but the ways of God Newness and change. I did not say God ever changed because God changed not. But the ways of God, what God does in us is change and newness. The scripture says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So that backs us up. God makes things new. But of course, if something goes from old to new, it changed from old to new. So God says, He makes things new. Christians are brand new people. Didn't get a whole lot of amens because some of you, I'll get there feeling like, I know I'm supposed to be brand new, but I don't feel like it. A Christian is a new creature. All things are passed away and beyond all things are become new. Christians are brand new people. The Holy Ghost gives us new life. The Holy Ghost gives us new life. And we are not the same anymore. Christians are not reformed or rehabilitated or re-educated. We are recreated, a new creation living in a vital union with Jesus Christ. Mm, we'll get there. At conversion, believers are not merely turning over a new leaf. They are beginning a new life that will continue until they reach their destination. We have to continue the new life that we receive during our conversion. You see, we may realize that change is not taking place. Newness is not happening because when we were converted, we just stayed right where we were converted. To be in Christ means to be united with Christ by faith. Or to be in Him as the branch is in the vine. 
That is, and the vine and the branch. You read that scripture in John chapter 15, 2, and on and on. It talks about the vine, the branch, and the vine, and how the vine is in the branch. Last week we talked about heavenly treasure in earthen vessel, meaning Christ in us is what allows us the capability to experience new life. Yes. How do we come to be in Christ? Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See how important baptism is and we try to sometimes. I'm going to educate you in this church. I've always said this as a Christian. My job is not to tell you what to do but to educate you on what to do. At the end of the day, you still have to make that decision for yourself. I can tell you this is what's best for you. I can show you the word of God that this word is true and here's what God says, but you still have to make that decision. And I'm trying to pray to God and say, God, help me to be content with that because I can't make anyone do anything. Everyone have to make that decision for themselves. I say over and over, I, 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 I control my children's life until they get to a certain age, then I'm their advisor. I know you don't like that, but I'm telling you. Have children and hang in there for a little bit. You'll see after they get a certain age, you can tell them what you want till you're blue in the face. As a matter of fact, they try to control you at six years old. I told Jordan this morning he wearing his, his jacket, like, you know, dress-up jacket. He didn't want to wear it. He cried the whole time. So I had to straighten him out and put my hand in his face and say, you're wearing your jacket this morning because I tell you what to do. You're the kid. I'm the father. You, I tell you, put on your jacket, and that's what you wear in the church. Guess what he did? He put it on, and he's had his coat on since he's been in church. <laughs> he think I don't know that. He thinks, I'm just, I'm exposing him now because he thinks I did not understand what he just did. He was so set on doing what he wants as opposed to what I told him that he put his jacket on like I asked him to, but he put his coat over it and zipped his coat up. I know he's hot, but he doesn't care because he wants to do what he wants. So how in the world are we going to try to think we can control people? We can't. Six years old and they'll tell you, you ain't controlling me. Okay. So I'm going to educate you in this church. I'm going to give you the word of God and you're going to have to make the decision what you're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. If any man be in Christ, that is, all who become true Christians undergo such a change in their views and feelings as to make it proper to say of them that they are new creatures. When the Bible calls you new, it's talking about you're a new creation. We're supposed to have different views and different feelings. When you become brand new in Christ, when you stop feeling uncomfortableness after you've been new in Christ, when you stop feeling uncomfortable doing wrong things, you need to re ask yourself, what happened to me? 
If you've been born again and you can do wrong things easily and not feel uncomfortable, you need to ask what happened in that process of me being born again. Because we're not supposed to feel like that. Because when you're born again, Christ is in you. You're grieving the Holy Ghost when you do wrong. And if Christ is in you and you're not feeling uncomfortable when you do wrong, then you need to ask yourself, what in the world is happening to me? I'll hopefully answer those questions for you before we get out of here. No matter what we have been before, whether moral or immoral, whether infidels or speculative believers, whether good-natured or debased, sensual, and polluted. If we have become new in Christ, we have become a new creation. When we're born again, we are a new creation. New creatures means that there is no change. The, the new, new creature means that there is a change produced in the new heart. We, we get a new heart. Uh, uh, we, we become a new creation and our heart is no longer the same. God is doing something different in us. We begin to see things differently. We begin to understand things differently because we become a new creature. That change produced makes it proper to say that he or she is a new man. You don't want to believe that? Listen to this. When we become a new man, we have new motives. We have new principles, new objectives, new plans for life. We seek new purposes. I want to talk to you about that word purpose. Purpose. If you feel like things are not working for you, if you feel like you're not moving, if you feel like you're stagnated, if you feel like you can't get it together, if you feel like church is just not working for me, I'm going to tell you what the answer is. The answer is that word I just mentioned to you, purpose. If you don't find a purpose in God, that purpose that God intended for you to have, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to feel uh, uh stagnated, you're going to feel like nothing is happening in your life, you're going to feel like you're wasting your time coming to church. You're going to listen to me and say, well, that was good, that was good, and probably tune out most of what I say. Because why listen? You have no purpose. If you have no purpose, why do you need to listen to me? Everything we do must have purpose in it. Why am I raising my children? Why am I married? Why am I in a friendship with someone? It has to have purpose. If what I'm doing is without purpose, the Bible calls me a chaff in the wind being blown to and fro. So what is your purpose? How are you living your life? Wake up every day and just see how, to, see how it go? Wake up every day and just go to work? I just told you, you're going to repeat that over and over. How would you ever get new life? How would change ever come to your life if you keep doing the same thing that you've always done? How does change come? How do your life become transformed? How do you become a Christian on fire? How do you become a true worshiper? How can you become a one that will praise God? How can you come become a prayer warrior? How can you live righteous and holy and love it? How can you do that? 
Why do we struggle? Holiness, godliness, righteousness. We struggle with that because we don't have no purpose behind why we living. Living, can't say this enough, living to get to heaven, you won't get to heaven. I, don't, I can't say that enough. Here's good education, man. Listen to me when I tell you this. If you come to church to get saved because your intent is, I don't want to go to hell, you're not going to miss hell. Because here is what we do when we say, I don't want to go to hell. We start living trying to figure out what we should do and what we shouldn't do. We start trying to make, uh, uh, we, we start trying to say, well, that should be okay. Well, I don't want to do. We, we start picking and choosing what we should or shouldn't do. When at the end of the day, all God wanted from the beginning was to restore the order of creation. And you're worrying about heaven. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. If me and God is tight like this, wherever he is, that's where I'm at. I don't have to work to get to heaven, Tony. I work to live for Jesus. I work to have a right relationship with the Lord. I'm not trying to get to heaven. Heaven is a byproduct of me having a relationship with God. What do you think me and God going to be tight? And he's going to say, well, but you can't come up here. Me and you tight, but... Oh no. So if you're going to be living to get to heaven, you're going to forget about God. Only thing you're going to do is check in. What you see about this God? And when you really feel strongly about what you want to do, you ain't checking in with him. Because you're going to say, he'll forgive me. Oh, help me. We think that because, can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? Keep on relying on God's forgiveness is only destroying your opportunity, your, your blessings, your, your, your ability to get a relationship with God and get to heaven. What do you mean by that, preacher? God will always forgive you. What you don't realize is the sin that you committed, you've got to deal with for the rest of your life. We keep on thinking that, oh, God is for Yes, he is. And he loves you. But guess who's going to struggle from the sin that they're committing? Me. Young people. If I could get saved early, I wish I would have known and would have been able to for this reason. Let me tell you the reason why. The least amount of sin I experience, the easier it is for me to live for God. Okay. So when you was a whoremonger, sleeping around all the time, you could be just walking along one day, mind your own business, living for God. You deserve it. And you singing. And all of a sudden, the devil bring a name in your mind for somebody you used to be with. You're going to have to fight out you deserve it or you're going to start thinking, yeah, yeah, she was nice too. Yeah, we used to hang out. I remember we went there and all of a sudden now you went down memory lane thinking about that 
And you a Christian. You a Christian. I'm just telling you what's real. So, but, but if I wasn't a sleep around her, wasn't a whoremonger, guess what? And if I just had one person that I came to know and marry and now I'm with them, that's all I know. That's all I know. I don't have to struggle with, well, I don't know what anybody else is like. But because I know what everybody else is like, now you want to compare. This ain't working out the way it needs to because, you know, when I was living like this, it was better than what I got now. Oh, I got to keep it real. So that's why sin only damaged you. You're the one that's going to be struggling with prayer. You're the one that's going to be struggling in trying to worship God. You're the one that's going to be struggling in coming to church. You're the one that's going to be struggling in living holy and righteous and doing the right thing. You struggle because of all the wrong that you've done. And you got to try to get it out of your mind and keep, keep trying not to repeat those mistakes. That's why sin is not just so easy as I'll just repent. He'll forgive me. He will forgive you. Don't don't miss that part. He will forgive you. So go do whatever you want. He will forgive you. The question is, how will it affect you moving forward? That's what it is. So I just gave you the real secret to sin. How do I move forward? What kind of what kind of dreams do I have? What kind of relationships do I have? What's all in my mind? I'll, I'll take it even deeper. So, depending on how you were when you were little and growing up, guess what now? That same sin is making me watch my kids like a hawk. That's how real I'm getting with you. So, because I know how no good I was and all the wrong that I did, every time my kids, anyone, what are you doing? That's my sin. Coming back to me. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You want about, oh, I, you know, he'll forgive me. Yeah, he'll forgive you. I don't care about that. I care about trying to live holy and righteous and focused and living for God in victory. That's what I care about. And that ain't easy when it's a whole lot of sin in my life that I repented of. So I'm always looking. I got a, I got a princess. She got problems from me. And my wife be um, getting mad, but it's my sin, Nicole. I can't help it. My baby, she like to be cute and all that stuff, and I'm watching like a hawk. Daddy, no. <laughs> and I'm going in, and my wife got to call it to the side and cool it off. I'm glad that's, that's why you need a parent, two parents in the home. It, it works out because, because I'm, uh, my sin from the past make me think about everything. And so when she come doing her prancing and saying, Daddy, this, Daddy, that, I'm like, oh, you beautiful baby, but I'm, oh, Lord. Because I know. I know what I'm up against. Because I know what I used to be. So sin is not the issue of God forgiving us. That's not it. The issue is how do we live with it after God has forgiven us? The thoughts of it, the, the challenges of it, that's the real issue. So I'm, I'm careful trying to, I'm, I'm guarding myself trying to not to fall into sin because it will keep you busy sometimes. Instead of you praying, you're thinking about stuff you shouldn't be thinking about. New life. That's what I want. That's what we should want. If a man was on drugs, 
or a man was addicted to alcohol and they finally get delivered and get off it and now no longer do drugs, no longer uh, drinks alcohol, we would say, man, that's a new person. He's a new guy. She a new girl. When we get saved, we become new. The Bible says all things are passed away. Our former prejudices, our opinions, our habits, our attachments, huh? our supreme love of self, our love for sin, it all passes away. All things are passed away when we have become new. Our love of the world passes away. Our attachment to ungodly things and ungodly people passes away. Our love for sin passes away. Our sensuality and pride and vanity, dirty humor, ungodly ambitions passes away. All things are passed away. There is a deep radical change on all these subjects. A change that's so deep within uh, that we no longer are supposed to think about them or want to do them. It's supposed to be a radical change that takes place deep down inside of us when we become born again. Behold, all things are become new. God will replace the old with new. And here is where the problem is. We get born again. God says, when you, the process of being born again is to understand who God is. Then repenting of your sins, because there's no way you come to the knowledge of knowing who God is and not says, I've messed up. And so when you realize that, then you repent of your sins because you have messed up. You have messed up in the sight of God. That's who you messed up with. And so you repent of your sins. You get baptized in Jesus' name. God fills you with his spirit. A lot of times people get baptized in Jesus' name and they become comfortable right there and don't realize the process is not complete until I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The process is incomplete. You started the process, but you haven't completed the process. And so when we stop right in between that baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost, and even for some of us receiving the Holy Ghost, what happens is we stay right there. And we don't allow God to replace the old things with new things. And that's why we have the problem of feeling like I've not been born again, even though I've been born again, is because I stayed right where I was and I never allowed God to replace the old with the new. How do I get God to replace the old with the new? Because you shouldn't stop there. You should keep going. What was it? What was it that make you repented of your sins and get baptized what was it that got you there ask yourself that and when you get that answer that should be the thing that kept motivating you to go further and further and deeper and deeper the same thing that motivated you to say i gotta get baptized 
It should be the same thing that's motivating you to go deeper and further and seeking more of God. That's what needs to work in your life. You can't think that getting baptized or just receiving the Holy Ghost is good enough. The same drive, the same desire, the same passion you felt to say, I know who Jesus is. Now I'm going to repent of my sins and get baptized in his name and receive his spirit. You got to push forward still to get more of what he's got you think all he's got is just baptized in Jesus name feel the Holy Ghost you think that's all he has in store for you you think that's all it is you good just sit on ice until you die sit on ice until I return in the rapture you think that's all he's got or you just do a little bit of something on your own feeling like you know I got to do something to make sure I feel like I'm a Christian you think that's all he's got we, we that shallow to think that our little bit of salvation is all God's got for us. When I get saved, that's all he has for me. Remember what I told you. If that's all God had for us, Tony, when we got saved and the day we received the Holy Ghost, we will talk in tongues and just die and just go to heaven that moment. If all God wanted from us was for us to get saved, then every time everybody got saved, we will just die and go to heaven. Make sense? If all God wanted you to do is go to heaven, that's, that's it. I, he just wanted you to go to heaven. I just want everybody to go to heaven. If that's all he wanted, when you completed the process of salvation, you will just fall dead and go to heaven. So it's clear that that's not all he wanted from you. He wanted to give you new life. Somebody say new life. That's what he wanted to give you. He didn't just want you to get saved. Getting saved just means you got converted so you can go to heaven. But new life means a whole lot more than getting saved. It means a whole lot more than repenting of your sins. It means a whole lot more than getting filled with the Holy Ghost. It means a whole lot more than that. New life means a whole lot. A new creature. New creature. It means we become brand new and we live differently and we act differently and we talk differently. We got to do that right here on earth. We become new. That's what he wants for us. New. He don't just want us to be converted so we can be saved. God says, my ways are not like your ways. And you keep on trying to see and act like me and you are the same. No, you got to become like me and then you will know who I am and what I'm all about. As long as we try to figure out who God is in our own mind, we will never get it. But if we become one with him, then we will know how he is and what he's all about. New life. New life. All things. In view of mine, the purposes of life. Here's that word again, purpose. What is your purpose in life? What is our purpose in life? I can run through it with you real quick. Average people, we're born. We go to school. We learn. We go get a job. We get married. We have a family. We have children. 
We take care of our children. We take care of our bills and responsibility. We're supposed to live good enough where we leave some stuff so when we die, our grandchildren and children have something and then we die. Is that what life is all about? That's how most of us live in. Yeah, that's how most of us live in that. That's life right there. I'm just going born. I'm just going to get educated, get a job, get a family, take care of the family, leave a little something back, and then just die. Man, you crazy if you think that's how I'm living. That don't make any sense. So God is letting all these people born just to live like that? What is that all about, Lord? No, not living like that because that's not what he wants from us. That's not how he wants us to live. He wants us to get the order back together, the order of how he created us. He wanted to have fellowship with us. He wanted to have a real relationship with us. He wanted us to have relationship with each other. He wanted us to live holy and righteous and unblemished. He made us to be like him. He made us like him. We are not like anything else and nothing else will make us satisfied. I was reading a book. A lot of what I've um, mentioned to you about the year, the Shana, is this book that I've been reading. I told you the book of mysteries by Jonathan Kahn, right? And so he mentioned this in one of the readings about that. He, he, he talked about a bride, Sister Miser. He talked about a bride and say, what is that bride all about? And that bride is the woman that's in the white that's getting ready to get married, to be joined with her husband. And he talked about the bride. Look how she look. She, she is just getting ready to be joined with her husband. And he says, the Bible calls us individually and collectively at the church the bride of Christ. When you are a bride... When you were created to be a bride, if you never get married and you were created to be a bride, there will always be just that absenteeism in your life. There will always be that area of your life that is unfulfilled because you were born to be a bride and you can't be hooked up with somebody. We were born to be the bride of Christ. Ladies, whether you think you were born to be married to a nice man or not, I know you were born to be married to Christ. And if we never get married to Christ as Christians, there will be a void in our life that nothing else can fulfill. Because if you're born to be Join with Christ. You're born to be married because that's who you were born to be. If you never get married, you will live an unfulfilled life. And all of us that was born, we're born to be married to Christ. And if we don't get married to Christ, we will live unfulfilled and always wondering what is missing. What is missing? Why? Why do I feel like this? And everything can be going good. You could be able to pay your bills. You could be able to drive what you want. You can be living in a comfortable place. Your children could be doing good and not rowdy or crazy. And your job is all right. And all of that is good. You got a little savings there. All of that could be going good. And you could be still saying, something just missing. 
Something is just missing because you were created to be the bride of Christ. And until you join with him, until you become one with him, until you become who you were created to be, life just will never be what it needs to be. God will replace the old with the new. New views on God. New views on the world. And, and, and the world to come. New views of truth and of our duty and responsibility. And everything is seen in a new aspect, in new feelings. The Bible seems to be a new book. And though we may have often read the Bible before, its beauty and understanding will seem new to you because all things are passed away. Behold, how... Can this new person become? I'm getting very close. How can this new person become? How do we become new? We know, yes, we must know who God is. Yes, we must baptize in Jesus' name, repent of our sins and be baptized. Yes, we need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We should not let any time pass that we don't look to God and worship and praise him to let him fill us with his spirit, to let him regenerate us with his spirit. Let me finish this up real quickly for you here. Why does some of us who have been born again become new creatures don't feel like we're new sometimes? Why? We're born again. We have the Holy Ghost, but we don't feel like we're new creatures. Listen to this. Any one of you has ever walked outside when it's extremely windy. Anybody? I mean, real wind, Luke. Real wind that you're like, man, it's blowing everything down. No joke, right? Well, did you ever try walking against the direction in which the wind is blowing? So the wind is tearing down, going this way, and here you go. You're really, you walking, everything blowing, your clothes filled with wind, and you're going up against the wind, and the stuff is in your face, and you're like, my goodness, and the wind is blowing. You ever tried that? Ever experienced that? Okay. Well, think about it and try to, you know, get it in your mind. It's a struggle, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It becomes a drag. It becomes harder to walk and and, 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 and you get tired quickly trying to walk in the direction that's against where the wind is blowing. You get tired. You get weary. And sometimes at the point you just want to stop. Tony, God's spirit is like the wind. The Holy Ghost is that wind. And instead of we just turn our back to the wind, Tony, and let the wind just blow us. When you walk with the wind, it's like you're not even walking. No effort. Sometimes you're just like, and you're just, like, ah, it's, you're just going because the wind is pushing you and you're going in the right direction and everything is working out. Our problem is when we get born again, we don't allow the wind to push us. We start working against the wind and the struggles come and the drag come and we just say, oh, forget it. It's too hard. You know why it's hard? Because we're 
were walking against the wind. We're walking against the wind. We become new through the power of the Holy Ghost. We're walking against the wind. Everybody thinks this is okay. Okay. How is the wind blowing? That is okay or against what you think it's okay. I can't go with what everybody else say. I got to go with how the wind is blowing. And if the wind is blowing that all of what they think is okay is not okay, guess what? It's not okay, Sister Brenda. That's the challenge in allowing God to create brand new things in you. Is how you flow with the wind. The wind is the breath of God. The wind is the Holy Ghost. And the wind is what makes the difference in our life. And unfortunately, we're not letting the wind make a difference. We're going against the wind, Rayon. We're going against it. Yes. Because it's how we feel. And when we go against the wind, we're going to get tired. We're going to struggle. And nobody want to get tired and struggle. So guess what we do? We just quit. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not singing anymore. I'm not worshiping anymore. I'm not reading my Bible anymore. I'm not being a witness anymore. I'm not treating people right anymore. I'm not going to do right anymore. Why? Because you tried it, but it wasn't what you were supposed to do. And it was just a struggle for you because you went against the will of God. You went against the purpose of God. And it became hard. It became hard. And because it became hard, you just decide, I'm done. I'm done. This is hard. This is hard. What are you going to repeat everything that you've done, always do? Whatever you are, 18 years old, 12 years old, 15 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 65, 75, 80, 90. We're going to just keep on repeating the same thing. Nothing changes. And God wants to make you brand new. Brand new. He, when he puts his spirit in you, he puts his spirit in you to make you brand new. But you can't go against the wind. You can't go against his spirit. You have to flow with it. Because when you flow with it, that's when you start to experience the ease in which to do it. The ease. When you do things in your own power, you get weary and weak and tired. We do things in our own power all the time and that's when we get weak and weary and tired. And what God is saying is, will you just trust me? I know it's not what everybody else is doing. I know it's not what everybody else wants to do, what everybody else is doing, but I want you to trust me and let me direct you because I'll replace the old with the new. You don't want to let go of the old and God is saying, what are you holding on to it for? It didn't get you nowhere and I'm trying to make you brand new and you want to stay old. Do you want to stay in your old ways or you want God to make you brand new? You can enjoy the brand new part. Listen, I enjoy being brand new. I, I enjoy that I'm different. I told you all, and I try to get through to the young people to tell them this. Most of us, most of us, Tony, from kids growing up, like to feel special. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. I'm telling you, you were born to want to feel special in some kind of way. 
Husband, ask your wife, and wife, don't lie. Wife, ask your husband, and husband, don't lie. Because I can tell you what some people say. Husband say, you don't treat me. You, 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 you just say any kind of thing you want to say to me. That's what the husband says to the wife. And you know what that means? You don't make him feel special. If he tell you, why you just be saying anything to me? Why you be running your mouth like that? What he's saying is, you're not making me feel special. And what she's saying is, you, 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 you know, you never do nothing nice. You don't take me out. You don't, you don't hug me. You don't, you're not making her feel. So don't tell me. And kids, oh, please, we're not even going to go there. So everybody want to feel special. What better way to feel special than becoming brand new? Becoming born again and becoming a Christian. That wherever you go, see, I know it's time to close, but you see, we don't understand. We, we, we just do such a poor job of, of representing ourselves and who we are as Christians. We do a poor job at that. What do you mean by that, preacher? When I go somewhere, yes, it's part of my personality, but don't hold it against me. But wherever I go and whatever I'm doing... I'm always going to present it as the best thing since sliced bread. What's up with him? He just look all happy and strutting like he owned the place. Wherever I go, I own the place. Wherever I go, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Why does he just seem like he just love all? That's what I do purposely. So when I step in a place and I look like I've been there a long time and I, I this is my thing and I'm enjoying it because this new life is the best thing that I've ever had. So I show off with it. I brag on it because I'm waiting for somebody to say, what's up with you? And so I can tell them it's this new life that I have. I met Jesus and I was able to repent of my sins. I gave my life up and I gained eternal life. And now I live with this great excitement and exhilaration of who my God is and what he has in store for me. I'll give you all this last piece. I got a big mouth. So I can't keep stuff. And so God, when you tell me stuff, show me stuff, I don't have, I, I just got a big mouth, Tony. Let me tell you why I brag and walk like I'm crazy and act like this is the greatest thing. The other day, Brother Henry, I was talking to my wife on the phone. We just kicking it, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, I see a, 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 a phone number coming in. A call was coming in with area code 318. I know where 318 is. I'm getting ready to go there in a couple of days to the, because of the Times Conference. And I see 318 coming in. I said, I said, let me call you back. She was getting ready to hang up anyway. I said, let me call you back. And I said, let me call you back. And the call came and I said, hello, Pastor Wyatt. This is Pastor so-and-so. You don't know me, but I know about you. <laughs> Pastor Wyatt. I heard you testified at the general conference about the firehouse church. And Pastor Wyatt, I had this man in my church. He's a business owner. And he likes to help people. And he wants to help you and your church. For the next year, the next 12 months of this year, we're going to support y'all. We're going to make sure we do some things to make sure y'all good. Amen. 
Why you think I'm, I, that's why I walk the way I walk. Because I got some testimonies that is all loaded up, Tony. I walk the way I walk because God is showing me stuff. He's, he's letting people call me that don't know me. God is doing fantastic things. So that's why I'm walking around. You say, why you act like he all living the life? I am living the life. That's why my car can barely go and I'm still driving it and driving it with just laughing. Every time I get in my car, it's a joke. Is it going to drive good today or is it not going to drive good today? Because anybody know about car, the catalytic converter, it's clogged up. So one day it runs good and next day it goes. And I'm smiling. I wanted to get a nice car, but somehow God is not allowing me to get a nice car right now. That's how deep this is. This is how deep this is. I got good down payment sitting on the side, ready to get a car. Good down payment. I ain't going to lie to you. Somebody, somebody close to me that loved me a whole lot gave me some good down payment. Said, go buy a car. And I got it waiting. I put a couple more thousands on it. I'm waiting. I want to, and God won't let me get no car. <laughs> Y'all don't understand, man. I'm living the life, Tony. I'm living the life. I don't want nothing better. There's nothing better than this. I don't want nothing more than this. God has given me new life, and I'm trying to transmit to you uh, what it means to have new life. If you would just let God do what He needs to do in your life, you will have new life, and you will have new life abundantly. Man, I can't compare. You know what I keep telling y'all? I'm an overachiever. If I died today, I would have achieved more than I thought I could have ever achieved. If I died today. That's another reason why I walk around like this. Because I'm like, I'm living on gravy. I'm living on gravy. That's how good stuff has been for me. And I know why it's been good. It's been good because of Jesus. It's been good because of Jesus. He has fought so many battles for me. He has protected me. He has been good to me. I don't have a choice, but I'm a, oh my God, I appreciate God. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 says, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Can I show you another scripture that you, did, you, you didn't realize? Titus. Let me show y'all what y'all missing and y'all don't give a lot of credence to. Titus chapter 3, and I'm getting ready to close. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says this. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to the mercy, he saved us, listen to this, by the washing of regeneration, baptism, and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. You have, when you have the Holy Ghost, you have in you what makes you new. Every time you become stale, and you feel old again. You need to pray. This is why old time Pentecostal people like to say you need to pray through again. 
Because what it means is you have allowed your old nature to raise back up in you. And the only way to get rid of that old nature is by the Spirit. And when you begin to pray till the power of the Holy Ghost overshadows you and overtake you, you begin to speak in another tongue and you become renewed instantly. So when you allow the Holy Ghost to work in you and work you over and do miraculous things in you when the Holy Ghost is doing that when you hear me talking in tongues and there is no interpretation that's for my own benefit when you talk in tongues and there is no interpretation it's for your own benefit what it means is God is renewing you again and so he created you brand new but he has put himself in you so you can constantly be renewed over and over and over and over again that's what the Holy Ghost does you don't have to stay where you are the Holy Ghost is not spooky we're not talking about ghost movies we're talking about God's spirit in us That's making us brand new. Here is where I am in closing. Not only are believers changed from within, mysteriously, new creations in Christ, but a whole new order of creative energy begin with Christ. When you allow Christ to change you, a whole new order is supposed to start in your life order that's where it started and that's where the challenge was Holy Ghost when God filled you with his spirit he was trying to establish an order in your life his wind and you was walking against it and you never allowed him to establish the order that make life easy for you Elder Swaggart has been dead and gone for probably 15 years. But that man of God says, if you live for God easy, it will be hard. And if you live for God hard, it will be easy. And today, I even got a deeper understanding of it. When I became born again, and God was establishing the order of how I need to live, because I didn't fight it, it made the things that you will look from the outside and say, that's hard. It made it easy for me eventually because God established an order in my life, Lewis, that I started following. He established it. I didn't try to figure out what I should do. And I just didn't, I just, I just laid back and let God establish the order. God knows each and every one of us. The Bible says he know every strand of hair on your head by number. How he establishes order in my life may be different than how he establishes order in your life because we all have different ways of thinking and being, different experiences. But nevertheless, he's going to establish an order in our life. And when he's establishing that order, if we fought against that order, it has places where we are today because we would not allow him to establish the order. Now everything seems difficult because you never really allowed him to establish the order in your life that he wanted. And so now it's difficult to allow him to do it. Oh, God. Mm. 
we fought him. I don't know if it was our fault as preachers to make everyone think that once they repented of their sins and they got baptized in Jesus' name and they got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that they were good, that they were okay, that they were going to heaven. There's a lot of people that's been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that may not make heaven because they never allowed the order to be established. They never allowed themselves to put their back at the wind. So when the wind was blowing, it wasn't hard. They were just moving with the wind and everything was just working out. Oh, God, I say to people all the time that I may be an idiot to you. I might seem overbearing. I might seem like I'm just extraordinary. I'm always over the top. I hear you. That could be all true. But I've just found that once I got my back to the wind and he started blowing, I just realized what you may look at me and think it's hard. It's it's easy because it's not me, but it's the wind at my back that's making me do the things that I do. I don't know about you, but I feel like you every Saturday at 6 o'clock when we're supposed to come here to meet for 630 prayer. I feel like you many times. Yesterday I was sitting home chilling and I didn't want to come here. But guess what? The wind is at my back. And as he go, I got up out of the couch and just find myself driving over, coming to the prayer. It's not because I'm better than anybody, but it's what I have allowed him to do, which is to blow the wind. And I just allow the wind to be at my back. And I just keep going. And order is being established, Lewis. And as you follow this order and follow this order, oh, here we go, here we go. Remember I said at the very beginning that we repeat things. We live our life repeating the same things over and over that don't have nothing to do with God. Why can't we live our life repeating the same things that have to do with God? You know why? Because we never allowed God's order to become repetitive in our life. So now it's a chore. Now it's hard. But everything that we learn to do when we were raised up, my kids every day go through the same routine. We we establish that routine in their life. We're going to have to establish the God routine in our life. Will you stand today? We cannot know God. And not change the way we live. His will is that the year, the Shana ahead, be not a time of repetition of the things of nature, the things of this world. But a time of newness, a time of beginning, a time of taking a right step in the right direction. If we want to experience a year of new things, we must choose not to live in the repetition of this natural world that we know about. We must choose to live in the supernatural world, the newness of life. Choose to walk in his will, which is beyond the natural and the old. Open up your heart to his will. Set out. Of your old ways and habits. Do what you have never done before. 
and you will establish new ways. Do what you've never done before. Stop doing what you've always done. We're talking about godliness. We're not talking about waking up every morning at the same time to go to work. We're talking about godly ways. Do what you've never done before. Let God direct you in the things you need to establish brand new in your life. So this is what I want for you to do. I'll help you this one instance. And then you go from there. Today, since you usually don't come to the altar... I want you to walk forward and come to the altar. We're going to pray for a few minutes. You don't normally do that. I'm trying to help you see how it's done. You normally don't do that. Take a step to come to the altar. Say, I'm doing something different today because I'm trying to establish newness and different order in my life. It's not ungodly to come to the altar. (laughs) It's not ungodly to come to the altar. It's godly to come to the altar. And this is what I mean. Start doing things that you have not done, you have not been doing, that is godly. Godly. That's how you allow God to replace the new, replace the old with the new. I want you to pray with me because I'm praying for you today. I want God to establish new life in you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost at this moment. And almighty God, you have made our service a little unorthodox today, a little different. And we thank you for everything you're doing because God, this is your way of instilling and and, and establishing newness in our life. God, we have been stale and we have been repeating the same old ways that nature repeats year in and year out. But today, my God, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ to provoke the heart and the mind of every individual in this church even now. That God, they will be pushed by the wind, the breath of God, the power of the Holy Ghost uh, will be at their back and that God, uh, they will wake up even though they didn't want to wake up. They will wake up even though they didn't plan to wake up at the hour you will get them up. And God of heaven, uh, they will pray the prayers of faith uh, according to the will of God, the purpose of God. I pray that you will give them the courage, almighty God, uh, that they will be bold enough to practice God ways, righteous ways, holy ways, and not give it a second thought, knowing, Lord God, that if they can establish the ways of God in their life, it will be easy. But God, if they continue to fight the ways of God, they will struggle. Oh God, they will have a hard time. They will get tired and weary. But today I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will fill those that don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost with the Holy Ghost for they need the Holy Ghost in them to help them Lord God and so I pray today in Jesus name that the Holy Ghost will fall upon them and that they will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and with the gift of the Holy Ghost Lord God they will be propelled they will be empowered to now Almighty God be able to establish the newness of God 
God. They will become brand new creatures in you, Lord God. And for those of us that have been living for you for some time, I pray today, Almighty God, that the Holy Ghost will regenerate us. The Holy Ghost will renew us. The Holy Ghost will revive us. The Holy Ghost will empower us. I pray in the name of Jesus that this week, Lord God, changes will take place, Lord God. Oh, Father, the second definition of the Shemaah, oh God, will begin to take place in us and we will begin, Lord God, to be transformed into being new and the old things and the old way will pass away. God, help us to do right by you and to live right and to talk right and, oh God, to do the things that are right and pleasing in your sight. I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that we will experience, oh God, the newness. We will experience the newness. We will experience the newness that, God, we all receive when we were completely born again of the world and of the Spirit. I pray that we will experience the newness that we need. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, now will you talk to God just for one minute by yourself and express to Him how you feel. Express to Him your concerns. Express to Him all of what you have felt, your hurt, your pain, your doubts. Express to God where you are and what you desire of Him. Will you express it to God right now in what you desire? Tell Him what you desire. Let Him know what you desire of Him. Let Him know what you desire of Him. He wants to make you brand new. He wants to make you brand new. He wants to transform you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to make you a new creation. A new creation. Oh my God, my God. Father, we love you today. We bless your name. We honor you. For you are our God, our Lord, and our Savior. Ah. Ah, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, somebody go ahead and thank him today. Just go ahead and just clap your hands and say, Jesus, I thank you today. 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 Listen, we had service today a little bit longer than normal. I didn't plan it, but I feel as though this is the Lord's way of helping us to establish a new way in our life. We all have different routines that we normally have on Sundays. And God kind of interrupted that today. I believe this is the beginning of what he's trying to help us to do, which is to establish new paths, new ways in our life. I love you. I appreciate you. I want to do whatever I can to help you be the best that you can and be new in Christ. This year is going to be a better year for you than 2016. Begin to thank God for that and praise God for that. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.